Friday, December 2nd, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Rob Gronkowski is officially out for maybe the entire season. We will discuss what the Patriots offense will do to adjust with him now out. We will also be going over their 22-17 win over the New York Jets and welcoming in Henry McKenna, the editor of Patriots Wire for the USA Today Sports Media Group to discuss their upcoming game against the Los Angeles Rams. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Go find us on clnsradio.com, on Twitter at clnsradio, and at Facebook at facebook.com slash clns fans. It is great to be back with you guys this week, but it is not the happiest day, obviously, recording this on the Thursday before the weekend. And, well, we, we got the maybe... Maybe the most tragic news for the season, Rob Gronkowski is going to be out for maybe the rest of the season. There's a chance he returns in time for the Super Bowl if the Patriots make it. But again, he will be out for the regular season and out for most of the postseason. So... You know, before we get into the Jets and Rams game, uh, like I said before, Henry McKenna's coming on of the USA Today uh, Patriots Wire from the Sports Media Group over there. It'll be not, uh, we've been trying to get him for a little bit while now. Unfortunately, we don't have him talking about the Gronkowski uh, injury. We uh, spoke to him this morning before it happened, but again, you will get plenty of that from me. So let's let's just break down what the offense will look like now with Rob Gronkowski. So. Thank God Deion Lewis is Deion Lewis because if Deion Lewis wasn't, you know, it wasn't as good as people, you know, or if he wasn't as good as he's been since he's returned, then I think we'd be a little bit more worried as to what the Patriots offense might look like. But besides that, I mean, you should be pretty happy if you're a Patriots fan with how the offense has looked without Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I I thought it looked okay against the New York Jets. It wasn't incredible, but again, the Jets, that was like the first game of the year they actually showed up for. So I I think there's not a lot to be worried about when it comes to the Patriots offense without Gronkowski, simply because Martellus Bennett is, you know, it's obviously an incredible tight end in his own right. Not to mention, this is the first time where the Pats have lost Gronkowski, where they've actually had a really good amount of weapons outside of him. So now they have Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell, Martellus Bennett, along with Edelman and Blunt and James White's emerged this year into a real weapon. Deion Lewis looks good. And, you know, the, the rest of the wide receiver cores looked really good this year, too. So the loss of Gronkowski this year is not as as bad as it's been over the past couple years, but it would be interesting to figure out, or I guess it would be interesting to have known what would have happened all those Patriots seasons if Rob Gronkowski hadn't gotten hurt. It really brings up the question, you know, what do the Patriots do with Rob Gronkowski after the season? Because he just keeps getting injured. And if you keep getting injured as much as he has, you know, what do you, what do, you do? You, you can't trade him. You can't cut him. You just have to keep him. But I think that like I, I said this during the I said this during the Patriots postgame show that you don't trade Rob Gronkowski. But if you're if you're the Patriots, first of all, 
what what the Kerr, what are you doing playing him in the game versus the Jets? Give him a game to come back from a punctured lung. He can wait. Like, they, like even the 49ers game, like what are they doing rushing Rob Gronkowski back? He hadn't practiced all week. He was clearly still injured. And now they're bringing him back for what, sh- what was going to be an incredibly physical game against a defense that constantly kicks the crap out of him. I, I don't like it. I don't think... That bring I, I you know to hindsight's twenty twenty whatever you want to say and sure was I happy you know if you go back on my Twitter sure was I happy that uh, you know it would have been really exciting to finally see everyone on the field at once healthy sure but do I think looking back on it they shouldn't have played Rob Gronkowski with how injured he was absolutely I think they jumped the gun I think it was too early. And just I I didn't like it it was it was very peculiar that he was actually going to play in this game from the beginning. But again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. He's actually out, so let 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 let's just go from there. So this Patriots offense is now going to be very very heavy on running backs. You're going to see a lot of the three running back uh, formation with James White, Legarrette Blunt, Deion Lewis. You're going to see them being used all over the place. This offensive line has performed well enough in the run game to warrant a little bit of an uptick in usage. Uh, great for Marcus Cannon, by the way, to get that contract. Uh, you know, people have been kind of annoyed that he got the contract before uh, they gave it to any of the defenders. I don't disagree with them, but at the same time, I think it's okay that they end up giving the um, the contract to a guy who's really improved a lot this season. It's really good. So, you know, with with all the options and the different stuff that they have on offense, they're a team that can adjust to this Rob Gronkowski injury. They have a lot of weapons this year. The emergence of Malcolm Mitchell the past couple of games has been huge for this team. He's going to be a really good guy down the stretch for them. Uh, it's going to be a very wide receiver heavy kind of game. I mean, the one problem I have with is that they have no size anymore at uh, anywhere on this offense. I think this this makes their game against Denver incredibly difficult because they don't they don't match up great against Denver. But again, Martellus Bennett is like four-fifths of the player that Rob Gronkowski is. So you basically have 80% of Rob Gronkowski out there when you have Martellus Bennett. And 80% of Rob Gronkowski is still better than most, if not all, tight ends in the NFL when he's fully healthy. So I, I think having Martellus Bennett, I think this is the reason that they traded for Martellus Bennett is because they knew that Rob Gronkowski just can't stay healthy and they need to find a way to make sure the offense can stay up without him. Because, you know, in the past, it has completely just gone kaput right down the toilet when he goes out. But I think that this is the year that they finally figured out a way to take away the big stress of him when he's injured. And, you know, again, no one person is going to replace Rob Gronkowski, so it's kind of iffy to say, oh, who's going to replace him? But it's going to be trial by committee. I mean, this is still an offense that's one of the deepest in the NFL with some of the best depth, with some of the best skill players that you can find. Now, obviously, you take out a superhuman of Rob Gronkowski, and obviously the offense is not as good. And it's a shame that we're not going to be able to see this offense at full power because we got to see everyone healthy for, like, two minutes. But, again... They're going there. This is not the end of the world. This is not the end of the season. I think we'll, I think this is finally the year that the Patriots have figured out on offense what they can do without Rob Gronkowski. So speaking of uh, what they're going to do without Rob, Rob Gronkowski, they just played a game without Rob Gronkowski and ended up taking the win. They played three games this year without him and have been three and oh. So 
Well, it, it, I think this this year's team should be fine with without him. Not fine, you know what I mean. They, they'll they'll get the job done. Still, this is still the favorite to win the Super Bowl, probably out of the AFC, if not the Raiders. But at the same time, I still take the Patriots just because I, I I I don't know. Usually, the Raiders are a team that the Patriots have beaten in the past in the playoffs, whether it's the the Colts or the Chargers or you know the the team that really gave them gave them tripped up has been the Broncos, but the Broncos are a defensive-heavy team. Usually they can win most shootouts even without Rob Gronkowski. I'm more worried about what the Super Bowl is going to look like if they do make it to the Super Bowl. Does Rob Gronkowski come back or they do do they just put him on IR? That remains to be seen. We'll figure that out, uh, obviously, once we get a final word on what they're going to do with him. And no, they cannot designate him to return on IR. They already used it on Jacoby Brissett, which was very strange, but I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm, you know, what, what are you going to do? So Jeff Howe does think, though, that they'll carry Gronk in the 53. Uh, they average 4.3 healthy scratches per game, at least three every week. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea to keep him. I mean, we're this late in the season. It's not like you're going to pick up anyone. They've been doing a lot of bottom of the roster rust, bottom of the roster shuffling recently. So maybe this will finally, you know, put Justin Coleman excuse me, back on the roster just to just because they, they just need the extra um to say or need the extra uh uh what's the word? I guess injury report spot, whatever it is. But again, we'll uh we'll we'll see. I, I think that Ben is gonna be a fine replacement. Let's like look at the game against the Jets. Martellus Bennett was still a beast before he went down with the ankle injury. I think they're gonna be very, very, you know, conservative with him down the stretch. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of uh uh, a lot of Martellus Bennett doing Gronk things. I think they are going to save it for the playoffs so they don't give away their entire offense without Rob Gronkowski because it is going to be a very a completely different offense without it. But actually, before we get into the Jets game, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors and then we will get into the Jets. Looking for the perfect gift? Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and about how for only $49.99 you can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T in the search bar. That's 77 percent off. Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers, great steak experiences at home with the most flavorful tender aged beef plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, and so much more. Over 500 gourmet gift ideas with the highest quality cuts and ingredients for a one-of-a-kind flavor that's convenient and quick shopping for those on your list. It's aged 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. It's hand-trimmed vacuum seal with online recipes, wine pairings, and so much more. I actually used uh, my code a couple days ago to get a couple of little items I'll list in a little bit, but I got a couple fillets, a couple of sirloins, a couple of pork chops. Me and my roommate Jack, we cooked them up, we paired them with some beers, and it was a great time. But right now, Omaha Steaks is giving exclusive savings just to my listeners. Listen to everything that you will get for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken best, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package all beef meatballs, four potatoes all gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning packet, plus get four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T, in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. It's a gift guaranteed to be a hit. Alright, let's get right back into this Jets-Patriots game. So, people have been... <laughs> I'm 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 starting to get annoyed with everybody on Twitter. I understand that this 
Patriots defense is not what I'd call the most entertaining to watch. I understand they don't dominate people, and whether or not you think they've played only good, te- only bad teams this year, fine, whatever you want to listen to. But look, this Patriots team on defense have given up the third least points in the entire NFL and are first in the AFC in points per game of any of excuse me of any team in the AFC. So, they're third in scoring defense, first in the AFC, and all I hear about is how bad this Patriots defense is. Look, do they dominate people every Sunday with this defense? No. Do they need to turn the ball over? Yes. Do they maybe need to get more pass rush? Yes. But the defense is working. They're not giving up points. They're winning football games. You know, this is the one thing that has bothered me so much about this team this year is that, yeah, I I don't really care how visually appealing this team is. Sure, you know, you watch football to watch it and you want the team to be entertaining. I get it. But the team is winning. You know, they, they go into New York in a really tough game, hold them to 17 points, get two crucial turnovers, make the play at the end of the game. They want, you know, Belichick talks about how this team thrives at winning situational football. Well, if the team is winning situational football, here's the situation. They're down 17 to 16 with seven minutes left in the game. They need to make a stop, drive down the field, score a touchdown, and then the Jets will get the ball back and they need to stop the Jets from scoring. Guess what they did? It was 17 to 16. The Jets had the ball. They get the ball back. The Patriots score a touchdown and the defense turns the ball over to end the game. I. What else do you want? The defense makes two stops and the last, you know, two drives of the fourth quarter to win the game and their defense is still bad? Like, sure. Did Ryan Fitzpatrick play his best game of the year on Sunday? Yes. Admit it. Guilty. Whatever. He played a good game. I'm sorry. He's still a quarterback in the NFL. And I do 100% buy that people play their best games against the Patriots because they are the reigning champs of the AFC or are one of the best teams in the AFC every single season. It's the Patriots. They're going to play a good football game. So if the, if all these players are trying their hardest in every single game against the Patriots, especially a divisional game, and they're still holding these teams 17 points, 15 points, 20 points, and the offense is scoring more than they are, I don't know what else there is to complain about. They're just – people don't like them because they're not flashy. People want flashy. People want sack numbers. People want all the – like I would prefer more turnovers because the, the, the bend and don't break defense works when you turn the ball over because then you have more drives for your offense to score more points so you can bend more. But – you know, what, what, like, what, what else do you want? I, I, you know, I love Albert Breer, but I hate this stupid, you know, thing that people have started that, oh, Malcolm Butler is always right there, never makes the play. That's because the only times that people can complete passes on him is when they make these ridiculous plays on offense. He's been one of the best corners in football this year by almost every metric besides interceptions, which is a terrible metric to decide who the best corner in football is. Look, this team doesn't put up numbers on defense. This team doesn't put up flash on defense. But they get the job done, they stop them from scoring points, and they get the plays when they need them. 
So what else do you want from them? There's only been one game this year where they haven't made the plays on defense, and that was the game against Seattle where Russell Wilson just went off. And sometimes there's nothing you can do when Russell Wilson just goes off. And I'm sure I sound like a crazy homer here. Oh, the Patriots have more problems than this, blah, blah, blah. This this NFL, the year that we're in, is a very weird year. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. There's a lot of craziness going on. So the point is this. Get to the playoffs and then see what happens. If you can get the number one seed and giving up 20 points or under 20 points a game, what what else really matters? If you're if you go into the playoffs 14 and 2, 13 and 3, your defense is one of the five best scoring defenses in all of football. Your offense is averaging 30 points. What else do you want? I don't understand why there's so much hatred towards this defense. They get the job done. They don't give up points. It, it, it's so daft to me. And this game against the Jets is the perfect example of what their defense has been this year. People complaining because Quincy Inunua put up two incredible catches. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually looks like a decent NFL quarterback for once, but they only score 17 points and they get a turnover to end the game. Chris Long finally makes a play. I've been saying it for weeks now. Chris Long has been a half a second away from making so many plays on defense, and he Finally, he finally made the play. He finally made a play. Finally made a play. So, all of this, that, and the other about this Patriots defense, they played well. They played well. They won the game. They gave us 17 points, got two turnovers, one to end the game, one to, one to flip the momentum back in the Patriots' favor. That's all you can really ask for. I think the I think the Patriots defense played well. The offense could have done a little bit more. I think it was a lot of what Brady was the the Brady for the first quarter and a half just did not look the same with that knee injury. He wasn't pushing off of his foot. He wasn't getting good velocity on the ball. He was sailing passes, this, that, whatever. Usually when you're sailing passes, that means you aren't getting enough force on that plant foot and you're relying too much on your shoulder and the Ball just flies all over the place. But, you know, he calmed down. I think the adrenaline started to, started to get rolling. He forgot about the pain and really just dominated. But the best, the best gift of the entire Patriots season has to be Tom Brady running through all the Jets defenders with none of them touching him, almost as if he had, like, an invincible shield around him and they were just glancing off him and finally they got blunt. But that was really funny that he just kept, he just scooted through that little hole and the Jets players had to go around to get the tackle but you know good win for the Patriots you know those games it's like what Belichick says you know you can't really look at the scoreboard of those games and say oh you know one team's going to dominate another and I I said this on the Patriots post game show as well and I've been saying this to everyone that their past five this was all given to me by Michael Loco on Twitter the past five Patriots games against the Jets the score differentials have been five points three points Two points and one point, and then one point again. So, you know, you, you go into New York, you get the win, and you run away. <laughs> you, you run away. You take the win, you take the win in New York, and you leave. After what happened last year with the overtime and the Eric Decker and the Ryan Fitzpatrick, you take the win, you get the hell out of there. Done. Get out of there. So, this team moves to nine and two? Nine and two? 9-2 or 10-2. I think it's one of those. Now playing the Los Angeles Rams. 
So let, let's preview this game before we take a, another quick commercial break and then bring in uh, Henry McKenna. So th- this this Patriots game against the Rams will really be – this is going to be a really fun test without Rob Gronkowski. This defensive line that the that the, the Rams are bringing in here is fantastic. Aaron Donald, Dominic Easley, Robert Quinn. You know, Aaron Donald is, in my opinion, the best defensive lineman in football at when J.J. Watt isn't playing. Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle on the planet. That man is ridiculous. So don't expect to see a lot of between-the-tackle runs. I love David Andrews. I love Shaq Mason. But that's who Aaron Donald usually lines up in front of. They are go- I will say this now. David Andrews and Shaq Mason are going to get annihilated. This is Aaron Donald. This is they have not faced a defender like this all season long. The closest they came to was maybe Leonard Williams, and Leonard Williams played a great game against the Pats. Aaron Donald is going to rip this offensive line to pieces as he's been ripping every single offensive line to pieces this year. So I don't want to hear any freaking out about the Patriots offensive line because they couldn't stop Aaron Aaron Donald. All right, let, let's just end that now. But outside of Aaron Donald, outside of that defensive line, their their linebacking core is pretty weak. Alec Ogletree is pretty below average, if you ask me. I'm not a huge fan of his game. I think he misses too many tackles. I think he's a little overly aggressive. I do think, however, he is a great leader on and off the uh, on and off the field. I think that's the reason why he's a defensive captain, and that's the reason why uh, he, he's such a you know he, that's the reason why he's been on the team for so long. But you know, we, we also need to talk about the fact that Jeff Fisher doesn't know who the heck he's playing on Sunday. Jeff Fisher still thinks that Danny Woodhead is playing on on the Patriots offense. So you know, I, I still believe that Jeff Fisher needs to be fired, but I, I think this will be a really big uh a really big testament to it. I think they're gonna Probably blow out this Rams team. But, you know, outside Alec Ogletree, they have Mark Barron, who plays the Patrick Chung position, as I've come to call it. That kind of safety linebacker combo position has played really well this year. I'm not too crazy about the corners. Tremaine Johnson and EJ Gaines are not that great. LaMarcus Joyner's had a very up and down season when it comes to, you know, just, just his, uh, overall, uh, culturing and progress as a player hasn't gone too well. I do like their safeties. I like TJ McDonald out of USC a couple years ago. And I'm not really sure who that Maurice Alexander guy is, but I'm a big TJ McDonald fan. So he's definitely someone to watch out for. But this is the defense that despite the amount of talent that they have at the defensive tackle position and at the end position, they should be okay. Uh, I think that they're going to do. You're going to see a lot of quick passing in this game. You're going to see a lot of Malcolm Mitchell. You're going to see a lot of Julian Edelman. You're going to see a lot of Amendola. There's going to be there's going to be so much Deion Lewis and James White in this game that I might cry of happiness. This is this is this is the James White game. I think James White is going to go absolutely off in this game. Maybe or, or excuse me, even between him. And, uh, excuse me, between Deion Lewis and James White, you might see close to 200 plus yards of offense, two to three touchdowns between the two of them. This is going to be a very, very running back heavy out of the backfield kind of offense. You're going to see a lot of the James White, Deion Lewis, two back set in shotgun next to Brady with Edelman and Malcolm Mitchell on the outside. You're going to see, I don't think you'll see a lot of, uh, Mar- Martellus Bennett running routes and catching passes. I think he's going to be a big time decoy in this game because he'll take away Alec Ogletree or Mark Barron away from one of these running backs and again they just don't have anyone on their team that can really cover these guys out of the backfield so Patriots are going to come at him with a lot of running back sets and then if you look at the, the, the offense for the Rams so 
this offense is really tough to get a, a read off of because their de- their offensive line isn't great. But at the same time, Jared Goff looked great last week against the Saints. I know it's kind of a oxymoron because the Saints defense, excuse me, is very bad. But Jared Goff looked really good. Jared Goff threw three touchdowns, only had one pick. He looked really, you know, he looked like a first overall pick. He looked like a guy who has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Uh, I, 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 I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. Uh, but at the same time, their wide receivers aren't too great. Kenny Britt deals with a lot of injuries. I think he's dealing with uh, another hip injury going into this game. Tavon Austin's been pretty disappointing as a first-round pick. Um, you know, Tyler Higby and, and Lance Kendricks aren't exactly what I call you know all-world tight ends. But the guy you still got to watch out for, no matter what, is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley has had a very backward season this year. Him and Melvin Gordon have switched places, but. Todd Gurley is still someone you need to watch out for. Luckily, the Patriots' run defense has been very, very good since the bye week. Uh, Alain Roberts, despite the fact that he hasn't been the player that everyone thought he was going to be, he has still been very, very good in the run game. He confuses me a lot as a player. He'll, he'll, when he's attacking a ball carrier running downhill for, uh, in the run game, the guy looks, looks as fast as anyone. But all of a sudden, you get him out in coverage, or he's trying to run after wide receiver. The guy just looks like he is weights connected to his ankles. Like I, I don't get it. It's a very weird. He's a weird kind of player, and I think that you know he's so young so that he really only has one thing to his game right now, and he's a very good run defender. But I don't think. I, I, I don't know if he's the player that people thought he was going to be. I think he's very much a run defending linebacker, and that's about it. So. That's just me. We'll 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 see what they'll what they'll bring to the table with Todd Gurley. You have to watch out for him. I think they might just have Hightower spy uh, Gurley the whole game because if you can stop Gurley, you stop this offense. You know the, this offense. There, there's no reason why the Patriots shouldn't win this game just due to the fact that the Rams' offense is that bad. Sure, will Goff make some nice throws? Will they score some points because Goff is really good? Yes, they will. But Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks is very, very high. So I don't think that's something that really needs to be worried about. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, I've been trying all week to get someone from the from the Los Angeles area to come on the show, but unfortunately, we have had no luck with that. So no Behind Enemy Lines segment this week. So don't worry, and just remember that before we get into our next commercial break, that this episode is brought to you by Indokino. Please go check out Indokino.com for the best uh, tailor fits in all of Boston. So we're going to take one more quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to welcome in Henry McKenna of the USA Today Patriots Wire from their sports media group. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers around the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef and chicken and pork come from responsible raised animals and produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Blue Apron can deliver 99% of the continental United States and 99.5% of food deserts because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required for each recipe. They are reducing food waste. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot of time at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person 
for a delicious meal. Roasted pork and braised cabbage with barley glazed apples. Thai green coconut curry with sweet potato and jasmine rice. And this one's my favorite. Brown butter and chestnut gnocchi with Brussels sprouts and pea shoot salad. But not all ingredients are created equal. These are the freshest and highest quality ingredients that make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. And, you know, I, I love using this service. I actually use it a couple of times now with my roommate. My roommate Jack's a great cook. So we just have all these ingredients. We don't have to go out to some massive grocery store in the middle of Boston. And we get some really good quality food. And we get a lot of really, uh, we try a lot of different things too, which we both really like. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Patriots Beat. It's now time for our featured guest segment. This week, we are happy to welcome in Henry McKenna, the editor of the Patriots Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Henry, we've been trying to get you on the show for a couple weeks now. Happy it finally worked out. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you uh, you inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. We had a uh, we had your colleague and I guess uh, well one of my good friends at uh, Emerson, Sam Benson Smith, come on a couple weeks ago and he did a, a great job. Yeah, Sam's fun. I'm sure he gave a a really good segment. He 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 did a great job. So let's get into last week's game against the Jets. And the one number that or I guess the couple of numbers that always stand out to me with these Jets games are just how close they always end up being. I remember Mike Loico tweeted out that the past five Patriots games against the Jets, the point differentials were seven, five, three, two, and one. And then this past week, you know, again, a close twenty two to seventeen game. Are there a lot of things to be worried about from that Jets game, or is this just a classic AFC in New York, AFC East matchup that you just have to grind through? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you definitely see some problems on the field, and I'll get the, to those in one sec, but touching on the, the close matchups that you referenced, that was happening when you go back to playing Rex Ryan, too. It was before Todd Bowles, so it's kind of wild to see the lack of continuity on the Jets, and yet somehow they keep managing to play the Patriots close time and time again. And you, you kind of wonder how it's possible, especially when the Jets have been very good. Uh, but to the Patriots' credit, the reason why they're top the AFC every year, excuse me, well, and the AFC East, is because they win those games by, by three usually or whatever. I mean, sometimes they split with the Jets like they did last year, but for the better part of uh, the last, I guess, decade and even longer, they've been winning those matchups, those close matchups. So and that's, I think, the bottom line uh, of this win. Now, the concerns are legitimate. There, there are some problems. I think the Patriots defense hasn't seen an offense that is worthy of playoff uh, contention. They saw the Steelers. Those guys uh, were without uh, ben Roethlisberger. So it's not really a fair evaluation of the Patriots' defense. Similarly, we, we saw the, the Bills' offense, which is a strong offense from a statistical standpoint, but are they really a playoff team? It, it doesn't really look like, especially with Miami Dolphins surging. So I don't know if we've really gotten a good sense of how talented this Patriots' defense is and with Jamie Collins going and 
uh, I guess thinking all the way back to Chandler Jones, you just you don't have a lot of talent, a lot of known talent. You can tell they're trying to develop guys like Trey Flowers as maybe a replacement for Jamie, or excuse me, for Chandler Jones. They're trying to develop a guy like Kyle Van Noy and Landon Roberts and Shea McClellan and trying to acclimate them to the Patriots system and use those three as a cluster a platoon to replace Jamie Collins. But the problems are real. Uh, the pass defense particularly is nothing compared to what it was last year and, and the year before when they went to the Super Bowl. So, I, I mean, I'm concerned without a doubt. You you mentioned how against a you know a great offense you know they haven't seen one this year. And I totally agree. The the only offense that they've really come close to playing against was the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. You know, pull the Russell Wilson and rip them apart. But let let's get into a little hypothetical here. Let's because at this point the more <clears throat> let's say they make it to the AFC Championship game as they've done uh, the past couple of years. The team they're most likely to face, at least how it looks now, are the Oakland Raiders with, you know, Mark Cooper, Michael Crabtree, Latavius Murray, and Derek Carr might be the NFL MVP right now if the season keeps playing out. But we'll, you know, it's still up in the air about what happens. If they go up against an offense like the Raiders, what, what, what do you think would happen to this defense? Do you think the bend and don't break would work? Do you think they would just give up a copious amount of, of points because, you know, we keep saying over and over and over again that the defense is bad, this defense is bad, the defense is bad. But at the same time, they are still third in the NFL in scoring. So how do you think a game like that would play out between those two teams? Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have touched on the, on the Seahawks as well. Their offense has been sort of spotty on and off. I mean, you see a game last week against Tampa where they can't put a touchdown on the board. So, um but obviously they're statistically not in the top half of the league offensively. Um, but yeah, for the Raiders, I wrote recently a column about how they're probably the team that scares me most in the AFC. They, from a matchup standpoint, are totally out of the Patriots league, in my opinion. Malcolm Butler is considered a top 10, top 5 quarterback by many, but that's largely because he faces number two receivers every week. Last week was a little different. Uh, he was on Brandon Marshall a lot, but they were also playing zone, so there's a little bit of a mix of everything. So statistically, I think Butler is kind of inflated. I think Logan Ryan has been really good the last two weeks, but other than that, his season has been way up and down. So if he can continue to play well this this coming week against the Rams, again, not a particularly uh, outstanding group of receivers, but <laughs> or at least not a, a quarterback thing that can get it to them. Uh, but you see a, a tandem like Crabtree and Cooper, uh, even a tight end like uh, Rivera, I believe his name is, uh, or am I spacing on that? Who again? Um, the, the Raiders tight end. Oh, uh, Clive Walford. Uh, sorry, Walford, Clive Walford. I'm thinking of their tight end from a while ago. Walford, I mean, he's like averaging 30 yards a game or something like that. Not a huge cog in their offense, but he's still a matchup problem. And then you see Jalen Richard and Latavius Murray, who can both catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's been an Achilles heel for the Patriots. They don't have a linebacker that can match up against running backs in coverage. 
You saw CJ Procise beat them up. Uh, you saw a handful of guys who can catch the ball who, you know, the Patriots just, Shea McClellan can't keep up. Kyle Van Noy can't really keep up. So this Raiders offense, in a weird way, is built to beat the Patriots. It was obviously not intentional, but coincidentally, these two happen to be the two best teams in the AFC. And one just so happens to have some of the strengths that could definitely expose the weaknesses of the Patriots. Yeah, I think that uh, that Raiders offense was probably built to beat the Broncos. And if it's built to beat the Broncos, it could probably beat most NFL defenses. But the the one thing that uh, I also want to look into is, you know, looking around the NFL to bring it to a more general issue. Um, one of the one of the complaints I constantly see this is from every team around the NFL right now is that there is a distinct lack of linebackers that can cover the a running back out of the backfield. Now I'm pretty sure I could count on maybe both hands the amount of linebackers that are actually good in coverage. And Jamie Collins was one of those linebackers. Now, is this, is this a general, like, is this a problem that the NFL just hasn't really caught up with the pace of the offenses? Or is this just a, a weird kind of sense of the NFL offenses that there just is no answer on defenses for these receiving running backs? Cause it seems that every single NFL offense has some sort of receiving running back out of the backfield. Yeah, I think it's a good observation. Uh, there are a lot of guys, especially young guys, who are talented coverage linebackers. That's a skill that kind of comes over time. Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, the guy who we kind of thought of as our coverage linebacker before he left, he was, a, he was not a very good coverage linebacker his rookie year. It's, it's a skill that comes with time. And I think you're right. It's challenging to find a guy that can – uh, you know, a 250-pound linebacker who can cover a 200-pound running back, maybe 220 at most. So definitely a rarity in the NFL. That said, I think there's a hybrid safety that's kind of emerging mm-hmm. that's becoming more prominent, like a Dion Buchanan or a Mark Barron, those guys who can play both safety and linebacker, and they're – kind of positionless almost it's kind of like in basketball when when basketball nerds get mad that you try and label a guy a forward or a guard etc those those guys are sort of that same animal in football Barron played safety uh he's played linebacker so you see those guys who are who are decent matchups for running backs that said those, those guys are a rarity too so it's definitely a matchup problem, and I think that's why I'm going to publish a column on this probably when we, we finish up our chat. I think that's why the Patriots are going in split backfields, where they have Deion Lewis to Tom Brady's left and James White to Tom Brady's right. They've got these two running backs who are elite pass catchers, mm-hmm. two of the best in the league, incredibly elusive, and they have realized that you know maybe this is kind of the 210 that excuse me, the two tight end set of 2012, of 2011-2010, where people are, there's a lack of personnel that can, that can cover this type of player, this receiving running back. So let's put two on the field, and even if they have one guy who could maybe cover one of them, they're not going to have a guy who can cover the other. 
and he'll be open, which again, you'll see, hopefully people will check out this story, but people can't cover them when they're both on the field. And it's a, they're running super simple routes where they're just mm-hmm. kind of running straight out to the sideline or, you know, a slant route or something. And it's, it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, definitely a little wrinkle that I expect the Patriots will exploit going forward. So speaking of those running backs, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't not bring this up cause it was too funny, but in, yeah, I, I'm sure you saw this, that Jeff Fisher during his, uh, pregame press con or uh, phone conference with the Boston media mentioned Danny Woodhead and some running back named Brandon. Maybe he was referring to Brandon Bolden, but Danny Woodhead is most certainly not on the Patriots anymore. And here we have Jeff Fisher, head coach of Los Angeles Rams, not even knowing the running backs that he's about to face on this team. But this, this Rams team is a very talented team on defense. That defensive line with Dominic Easley and then Aaron Donald, who might be the best defensive lineman in football right now. You know, this this Rams defense is nothing to scoff at, despite their weird game that they played against the Saints last week where they gave up 49 points, which is just so out of character for this defense. But this Patriots offense has a lot of, you know, it, it doesn't, not, it, it matches up pretty well against the Rams' defense, but this defense is still good. So how do you see the Pats, maybe with no Gronkowski, going into this game against a pretty decent uh, Rams' defense? Yeah, yeah. I was on the conference call. I actually asked Fisher that question. I asked him uh, oh, wow. what, what, he, what he thought of that those trio of running backs that the Patriots have, and he was – he was scrambling. It was kind of embarrassing for him. He, <laughs> I think it, it sounded like he had just studied the film from when they played last, which was like in 2012 or something. And he had no idea that Danny maybe Woodhead, because uh, he just said the word, he just said Danny. So I'm assuming that he meant Woodhead. And there's a chance he was saying Amendola, but for referencing Amendola, I don't know. He, it, it's embarrassing. I think that's just a really sad testament of a lot of the things that are going wrong in St. Louis. And maybe he was like doing something else at the same time. Maybe he was distracted, but I can't believe he doesn't know who James White and Dion Lewis are, especially after what I just said about how they could be, you know, a key part. They will be, are, are, are becoming a key part of the Patriots offense, especially with, the injuries to Gronkowski, Bennett, Edelman. So segueing into that, uh, how will the Patriots' offense look against this tough Rams defense? I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, the Jets game was ugly. I mean, it, it, they're kind of similar defensive lines, even if the defenses are pretty different. Uh, but, you know, people, it's kind of going to be, a, it could be a win. Hopefully it'll be a win that, that you're not particularly proud of. That seems like the strange MO of the 2016 Patriots just getting through this week. And, I, you know, at a certain point, that's not a particularly good strategy, you, but they're 9-2, and two, um, and you kind of have to return to the fact that they haven't seen really great opponents this year. But um, Gronkowski gone is a huge factor. Martellus Bennett being limited is a, a devastating blow. I think he was key in 
in kind of softening the blow of Ronkowski. Mm-hmm. But when when Bennett is dealing with ankle and shoulder injuries, then they're left with nothing at the tight end position. So it's it's a totally different offense. And Julian Edelman is slow from his foot injury, and Chris Hogan is dealing with a back injury. and Possible new father, Julian Edelman. <laughs> yes, I, I have seen that rumbling on Twitter. Um, I guess he was maybe in L.A. yesterday mm-hmm. instead of at practice. Yeah. Um, so things are... Things are looking a little strange, I guess, and there's so much uncertainty. I can't pretend to know what they're going to do. I mean, their game plan offense, their weekly game plan offense, so they're going to figure out what what is best for them against the Rams. But it is, going back to those running backs, it is looking like those are the healthiest and most potent options for the Patriots, where they could really cycle through Blunt, Lewis, and White, and Fisher doesn't even know who they are, then that's perfect because they could just beat up on them with those three guys all day. Yeah, and even looking at the Rams' defense, their one hole is, and I've always said this, I, I think that Alec Ogletree is just, I don't think he's very good. I mean, from what I've watched from him, he constantly misses tackles. You know, he's a great leader on the field and in the locker room, from what I've gathered. But, you know, so is Jonathan Freeney. But at the same time, Jonathan Freeney isn't what I'd call a superstar football player. But let's let's get a final prediction from you for this game because this you know golf looked good uh, in that game against the Saints, but the Saints defense is one of the worst in the NFL. But you know golf is okay. Like you know, it will be his third game, third NFL game, I believe. And then you also have Belichick, who is is has been the master of taking down rookie quarterbacks in his uh, in his coaching tenure. So we've Rams Patriots this weekend. First time the Patriots get a crack. At a Los Angeles football team since I guess the eighties. So what do you, what do you think will happen? Give me your final prediction. All right, here's my semi my lukewarm take. I think the Patriots win twenty seventeen uh, by going up early and letting the Rams back into the game and and the alarm bells will start to sound in New England. I think everyone will be very, very spooked after a near loss to the lowly Rams. Ooh, spooked. I like it. I, you know what? I'll take it because there's nothing I love more than when this whole area turns into chaos. Because once it does, you have Felger calling out Al Horford for missing a game <laughs> because of his kid and just – just, uh, everyone loses. Everyone loses their minds when the Patriots don't crush them by twenty start points. Clamoring for a Rob Gronkowski trade. Oh my God! Don't, don't get me started on that one. But <laughs> Henry McKenna, editor of Patriots Wire for the USA Today Sports Media Group. Henry, thank you for joining us this week. We're happy to finally get you on. Hey, I appreciate you, and uh, take care. Have a good one. 
Are you sick of buying off-the-rack suits but are worried about spending too much on a fitted one? It's a shame because every man looks better in a suit. Indochino is the place for you. They make made-to-measure suits and shirts that fit you perfectly at an incredible price. They only use the finest fabrics, and you get to customize the details you want, including your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. So how does it work? Go and visit their Boston showroom at 85 Newberry Street. Pick from dozens of fabrics, colors, and patterns. Choose all of your custom whether it's your lining, your lapel, and more. Get measured by a style guide, kick back, relax, and get ready to step into a perfectly fitting suit in just four weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention code PATRIOTS at the Boston Indochino showroom. $800 made-to-measure suit for only $389. That's over 50% off. So go book your Boston showroom appointment at Indochino.com. Go to Indochino.com to book your appointment at their Boston showroom. And again, get any premium suit for just $389. When you mention code PATRIOTS, you won't beat this deal anywhere. So go out and get your suit today. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. We're just going to finish it off by reminding you guys to go listen to the Patriots post game show. Call in at 929 477 2386 to listen live on CLNS Radio. Dot com. It, you know, I'll be on there about 15 minutes after every single game to give you my analysis about it and to probably end up defending the Patriots defense once again. But that's going to do it for today's Patriots Beat Podcast. If you want to help support the show, please please give us a subscription rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you today by Indokino. Go to Indokino.com and use the promo code Patriots for more than 50% off a custom-made shirt. Omaha Steaks, go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo code BEAT, that's B-E-A. For 77% off the family gift pack and buy Blue Apron, go to blueapron.com slash patriots to get your first three meals free with free shipping. Music was provided by Hyde 209 and Joshua Morse. Want to thank our guest Henry McKenna from the USA Today Sports Media Group, the editor of Patriots Wire. Go check it out. It's a great website. For Patriots content manager Michael Longi, CLNS Radio Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who turned in. This is Harris Rubenstein. Go follow me at CLNS underscore sports team and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Radio. We'll see you guys next week and enjoy the game.